0: Welcome to Step Outside, the podcast you don't want to miss, that we do when we do, and that of course is every couple of weeks at the moment. And this bloke was on TV yesterday, Gordon Triplett, the pike king himself, with our family traditional pikelet recipe, Gordy. How are you, legend? Good to have you on board, mate. Hey, mate, how are you? Mate, I am sensational. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm glad to have your company today, and I'm glad that you took us out for that amazing shoot. Now, I tell you what, people knock Pike. What does Pike mean to you,
1: <laughs> mate? I, I I think it's a very underrated fish. To be honest, it's um, it's obviously, you know, one one of the better baits you can get. Um, I, I reckon it is the premium sapper bait, um, hands down. Yeah. But um, but I tell you what, they don't go too bad on the two either, Paul.
0: Mate, this is a thing that I worked out with you is that, uh, you know, people out there working on this sort of fish, you know, they use them for bait, they use them for snapper, they use them for everything. And that's why we did it and we thought, let's just give it a crack as to what the big fuss is about. And I'll tell you what, they're actually pretty good on the tooth.
1: Yeah, man, mate, I, um, I got I, most people turn their nose up and. You know, think that you're a little bit daft if you suggest it, but it's um, it's not bad. It's not bad. We've you know, I've eaten plenty of them as a kid, and and um, you know, I've eaten a fair few as an adult as well. It started off we, we we were catching them as well when we started eating. We, we were catching them as by-product trying to catch whiting. Yeah. Um, so so I I grew up on the um, north side of Brisbane and used to go catch whiting off you know the the Honeybrook Bridge or the of Pier or. Um, even along the foreshores there at at, um, at High tide on Brighton and yeah you'd get them as bycatch and um, you know back back then we didn't go fishing for snapper we were only kids so you know we we ate them and they were always pretty good in fact um, they ended up in the whiting fillets and you could barely tell the difference once they were cooked.
0: And that's the thing is such a white soft flesh uh, you know when we added our our batter mix to them uh, they 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 cooked up well and Mate, I really appreciate you passing that recipe on to us. Mate, um, anyone catching pike, and look, they're very similar to a barracuda. The barracuda uh, are, are a fish that, uh, you know, a lot of Pacific Islanders eat them. They pretty much eat anything uh, coming from the ocean. And But the, the the pike, distant cousin to the barracuda, but still has that distinct smell when you catch them. But don't let that deter you. Uh, but maybe that's what brings the fish in to eat the pike. I mean, what... what? Why is it that everything loves them? I've used a pike that literally is, you know, ten inches long, and caught a flathead that's twenty inches long. They just everything loves them. Why is it? You reckon?
1: I don't know. They're obviously pretty tasty. Um, I think I think possibly because they're such prolific, um, you know, in the areas where we catch these fish. Um, it, it's it's probably one of the fish that, you know, is is a staple diet for any flathead or you know, snap around the Bay Islands, or in close to in close to shore, and you know it's you know it's, it's the local food, I guess, in the area. Um, you know, couple that up with the taste that the, or the fact that they taste pretty good, I guess they you know they work out to be pretty good bait for. Mate, you are from
0: Garmin Australia, uh, mate. Tell me about the sounders that you should be using to to find pike, I mean, are you going to run the smaller units? Do you need a one kilowatt boot to fry the brains out of these things? Or do you, you you know, what what is it we're looking for? I guess, you know, if you are cruising in channels or around weed beds, or is it more shallower water and, and visual thing that you're looking for?
1: Yeah, look, our, our smallest founder will, will do just fine for finding these things. Yeah. Um, they, they are pretty pro- prolific um you know if, if they are in shallow water and if you are fishing off you know land base or, or bridge or or something like that then um you know it will be a visual thing but um but yeah our, our tiny little striker four will will we'll find these things no problems at all and yeah like you say they love those weed beds they love drop-offs into into channels um uh, are we allowed to say where we caught those ones? Absolutely not.
0: Mate, um the, the... <laughs> Well well, we, well I mean, we I grew up obviously Southeast Queensland. My grandma had a property over at North Stratty at Amity Point, and we used to as kids is we would go out there and of course you'd go snorkeling and all that sort of stuff. And I'm talking at the age of I don't know, maybe twelve to sort of, you know, sixteen years of age. And we'd dive in the water and we'd go spearing, you'd find any flattered and spirit in the head. Uh, back in those days you could do that and, and um, you'd see the schools of pike but we used to use a very small uh, jig called the lightning bug back then and you would catch the pike and then you'd tie, because we didn't have a lot of money or anything, we'd tie the fishing line together that you'd find in the rocks and that's how we learned to do our, our, our knots. And you'd tie the line together and you'd grab a get a pike, grab him, put him on a single hook and find a bit of polysone fire, uh, foam and you'd you'd loop it around the, the fishing line, cast it out and wait for the uh, kingfish to come through and you'd hook up and there'd be three kids all buckled in the line, you know, through your hands and, oh, and it was a hundred pound line, whatever you could find and you'd pull these kingies in and they were, they were great kingies that just loved pike and that was very close Amity Point to where we were fishing on the Amity Banks and, and there must be a million pike in that
1: region. Yeah, yeah, they, they were pretty thick the other day there, but yeah, that's that's always been a really, really good area for them. Um, yeah, they're always thick, and, and again, they're swimming with those whiting that I was talking about. Mate, um, tell so, me,
0: I mean, other fish that, that, that don't mind a good feed of pike, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, from estuary fish being flathead, uh, probably, obviously, jew fish or mulloway, uh, snapper, pearl perch, kingfish, amberjack, uh, samson fish. I mean, realistically, anything that uh, that lives in an area that these fish are surrounding will will have them for dinner.
1: Yep, yep. And we've we've even taken them sort of further afield. We've we've taken them out to the swains before, and and up north to the bunker group and and whatnot, and even trout and red throat and all that sort of stuff likes them. They, they've obviously just got the the right scent that that switches the fish on, and everything seems to eat them.
0: What about the rigs there, Gordy? I mean, is there a specific rig that you're going to be wanting to use to target pike?
1: Um, well, mate, I've seen them caught on cotton. Um, wow. I, I I remember when I was a kid on the um on the um Hornibrook Pier, the Hornibrook Bridge, I should say. Um, yeah, there were, there was guys there that used to just wrap white cotton around um around small hooks and and catch them, but uh, bait jigs work just fine. Um, and, um, yeah, you were using that um, little little 80-mil um, squidgy. So, you know, they'll, they'll eat they'll eat just about anything, and, and I think the more of them that are around, the more ferocious they get, and they just sort of climb all over the baits, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, if you can really, uh, you know, get a bait that's going to be live. But speaking of, of live, yep, a live bait's great to use, but what about at the end of the day you've got baits left over, like you said, you go to the swains, you're not taking them out there live. Is there a way to package up the bait to make it presentable uh, to freeze it? So, in three months' time, if you're going out, you've got a bunch of them to take with you?
1: Yeah, look, I, um, I, I probably treat my bait better than the Phillips, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. if, if you have a look at my freezer, my, my bait freezer is always pretty immaculate. And the fish, um, the pike, um, could be pike, it could be scad, it could be squid. We always put them down exactly flat, so they're not just thrown into a bag. They're, they're lined up and they're flat. Um, I just use snap-lock bags. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I don't really get into the, the cry backing as much because my bait doesn't last that long anyway, so yeah. um, I, I go through it fairly quickly. But, yeah, we, we line them up. I put, like, you know five or six of these things in, into a bag. So again, when we're out there fishing, I'm not getting a kilo of them out or, you know, 20 of them out. Um, cause they've got a bag limit in Queensland of 20. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, um, we only get like, you know, four or five of them out at a time. And then, um, because they're individually sort of laid down and they're only one fish thick, they, they thaw out very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, we, we look after our bait very, very well. Um, yeah, every fish is lined up. Um, yeah, yeah, we we really do look after it, and that's
0: a super important thing, there, mate, To uh, you know, if you even if you're wrapping it up in glad wrap or or anything, you know, to keep them separated, which is what we used to do with our diver whiting. It's a good tip for people listening: is that if you catch a lot of diver whiting, you're allowed a 50 bag limit. There is no size limit on those in Queensland, in particular, or winter whiting. Is that uh, you know we wrap them up in a glad wrap and individually and lay them flat. Uh, and, and pack them into ice cream containers if they're the smaller ones uh, ready for your, your next flathead trip. And, and it would work an absolute, absolute treat. If you just froze them in some water, put them in the freezer, in a bag, or whatever, then they, uh, you know, obviously, you reap the the rewards what you put into preparation of your bait. If you don't do it well, then, you know, at the end of the day, old mate beside you is going to catch 10 fish to your one because you never looked after it.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I used to get told when we were kids, oh, you know, you want something nice and stinky. Well, you know, I, I can guarantee you that, you know, a nice little flathead that's swimming across the bottom, he's not looking for the stinkiest bit of bait. He's looking for the freshest bit of bait. So, yeah, you got you got to keep your bait in good, Nick, that's for sure.
0: Mate, um, tell me about the, the, the rod and reel should you be using. 24-kilo stand-up? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> in these can pull. Um, nah, mate, little... The you know little one to three kilo rods, um, you know kids rods. Those those combos that you find in Anaconda that are, you know, thirty bucks, forty bucks. Uh, that's perfect. You know that's the, the lighter the better. Basically, um, you know you're fishing for for a fairly small fish. You don't need heavy gear. Um, mm. You know it's it's perfect to um to take the kids out and just get those light rods out. So yeah, one, one to three kilos, plenty, mate. Yeah,
0: which is which is super important as well, mate. Um. When it comes to to handling the fish at the end of the day, do you want to handle them or do you just want to try and de-hook them, put them into either the live bait tank, if you're going to keep them alive for fishing, or B, if you're going to take them home for food, is straight into an ice slurry? Um, Should you be handling the fish with wet hands or a rag or anything like that? Or I guess if you're taking them home into an ice slurry, it doesn't really matter. Uh, What what are your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: If if I'm going to eat them, straight into an ice flurry. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm going to keep them for bait, I just keep them in a cool bucket of salt water. Um, yeah. The the big thing is never never let them um, touch fresh water. So right. in your ice flurry, you want to make sure that there's plenty of salt water in there and the ice is just to sort of cool it off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, ne- never let it touch fresh water. Um, even with the bait, I, I, just, think, I just think the fresh water does something to a salt water fish and... It, I don't know whether it changes the slime on them or, or it, it maybe it puts a smell on them or something, but I just reckon that those fish can tell once they've been hit by fresh water.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, and that's exactly it. It's weird, isn't it? You notice if you put fish into fresh water, they the, the fillet changes colour. It goes white yep. in a lot of yep. cases, even though whether that's the... The the you know maybe the chemicals in the fresh water that they put in I I don't know but your your fillets definitely change colour in fresh water if you oppose to putting them into a bucket of salt water.
1: Yeah yeah we'll um we'll bring salt water home with us if we're going to um you know process our fish at home, um, meaning filleting them at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, if if we can't do that, then I've actually got um some salt here that I that I bought from the butchers that they use for making brines up for their corn meats and whatnot. And yeah. I'll make my own salt water up here. So right. yeah, you know, I've got a I've got a twenty litre bucket here full of salt just for that reason.
0: Mate, tell me about the rules and regs and I mean every state differs from one another, uh which people gotta be aware of. Um but, you know, given that it's food opposed to bait, now I mean, you know, you're not allowed to fillet a fish out on the boat unless you're going to eat it there and then for consumption straight away. Uh, obviously, because if you're staying out of the night and you catch a fish and you want to cook it up, then yeah, cool. But you can't fillet the fish and bring the catch that fillet back home uh, because you know some people have done a, a, a no no and you know done the wrong thing and caught an illegal fish and filleted it up and brought it back and you know they don't know the sizes, so it's illegal to do that now. But mate, I guess if the fish is whole, it doesn't matter, does it?
1: Yeah, so if the fish um, has got a legal size of it, then it's just going to make the legal size limit um in length. And then, um, yeah, you can bring that fish home whole. So, yeah, it's, it's important um, that the fish does come home whole. So if you do get inspected at the bow ramp by, you know, fisheries, they, they can tell what species of fish it is. Um, you can't have a mutilated fish, so to speak. So, um, you know, I, I see it all the time where where guys will catch a fish that's Maybe been eaten by a shark, um, and they bring home half the fish, but that half the fish doesn't actually go size. So, say if it was a Spanish mackerel, um, you know, the the shark comes along and takes the the, the back half of it off. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't you can't bring that other half home unless that Spanish mackerel is in Queensland seventy five centimeters. Um, so, yeah. Half of him has got to be 75 centimetres.
0: So. You know, that's a great example. and I'm not particularly sure why you used the Spanish mackerel and, and uh, had to be that, that legal size. But um, anyway, I'll leave that alone. Mate, uh, <laughs> t- tell me. Mate, um, so when it comes to cleaning them, okay, now, should you bleed pike? Is it a fish that you need to bleed? Now, I'm sure people are listening to this and having a bit of a giggle thinking, what the hell are these two blokes on about? But, you know, we're trying to say to these people, you know, that a bloke by the name of Drew Argus... Uh, you know, he he inspired yourself and uh, and has inspired myself about catching pike. D- do you bleed them? Does d- does he bleed the pike before putting them into a slurry?
1: What's the deal? Look, I, I, bel- I believe he's going to eat them. He does. Yes. Um, he any any fish will benefit from being bled. It's going to improve the eating quality. Um, so yeah, Drew Drew um, Drew anything that goes into Drew's stomach, and there's a lot yeah. that goes into Drew's stomach. Um, yeah, and anything that goes into his stomach uh, gets bled. Yeah, and, and it's a pretty good practice. If you're going to eat your fish, bleed them.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a, a good practice for any fish. You know, whether it's a, yeah. a brim flatted or a whining or whatever it might be, is to uh, you know, and, and humanely is a good idea to you know, crack them open, crack the neck, and, and bleed the fish out to uh, to give it a best, better quality eating uh, pleasure at home.
1: Yeah, dispatch a fish quickly. Um. Yeah, on board and do it that way, and um, yeah, you'll you'll definitely read the rewards in the in the taste when you when you sit down to eat them. That's for sure.
0: Mate, okay, so we, you know, single hook rig, two hook rig on a pike, depending on the size, whether you're going to use him for live or dead bait. Yep, great. Uh, but tell me about the filleting and the actual skinning and the the way to cook them. Uh, I've got your recipe there, which is just a simple, uh, you know, polenta. Uh, we had some corn flour and plain flour. Uh, with some uh, chopped up onion into the batter mix. And then we just basically laid the batter mix uh, into a pan, put the uh, pike strips on top of that that were uncooked but filleted and boned. We put that up on top of that and then we put a bit of um, you know, hot sauce on there, a little bit of coriander because I know you love coriander. And then uh, we put a bit more batter mix on top of that and then just flipped it over and it, it came out like a pikelet sandwich. It's incredible. So your recipe on that is, is the bomb
1: you saying that Paul just took me back to when I was a kid with granddad telling me how to make them it was yeah. almost exactly how he did it so yeah, it was good to, it was good to see that done on TV like that but yeah. a- another way that I love to eat them yeah. is um, is just fillets so yep. we um we fillet them we, we scale them I, I when i when i'm filleting cuz they are such a small delicate yeah. fish we I, I like to leave the skin on them um, so i just scale them and the scales come off super easy with pike in fact if you put them in a in a flurry, by the time you get home, most of the scales are off anyway. Right. But, um, right. But um, yeah, I just get the, the butter knife, take the scales off, fill it, and then um, I um, I just do a, a light breadcrumb mix. So um, and and I, I do all my fish this way. But I've just got breadcrumbs, a tiny little bit of Vegeta stock in the breadcrumbs. Um, you love. Dry, you, you, dry. Sorry,
0: you love using Vegeta.
1: I do, Mate, I do. It, yeah.
0: I remember many, 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 many moons ago, we did a cook up there, uh, and, and um, you you, you pulled out this huge, big container of Vegeta, <laughs> and and I had no clue what the hell it was, but you it just rolled off your tongue like silk, and I thought that, to myself, a... what the hell is Vegeta? You know, I, I'm I'm thinking, you know, Vegeta, Vegeta, whatever. I wasn't sure, but what is it?
1: It's um. It's just a, a, a stock. Um, there's a few different um, different styles of it, but I just use the um, the original Vegeta. I was put onto it by a chef, um, uh, a good mate of mine. That's a chef that um, is actually a commercial fisherman, and you know he knows his stuff when it comes to seafood. But um, yeah, he um, he showed me it, and then I actually went home and thought, hey, I'm going to give that a crack in um, in a breadcrumb mix. And um, honestly, it just enhances the flavour of seafood so well, and um, yeah, I've, I've got to admit, I use Vegeta and a lot of stuff at home,
0: mate. It's uh, yeah, so it's it's a powdered stock mix, everyone. So yep. um, and you can get it from your any supermarket, Costco, whatever, mate. Um, yep. and, and so you're just mentioning you're just giving me the recipe. Therefore, I cut you off about uh, you know just basically fill it straight up.
1: Yep, so filleted um, filleted, pike um, breadcrumb mixed with um, so in in five hundred grams. I say two tablespoons of, of vegeta stock, um, dry chives just to put a bit of colour into your um in, into your breadcrumb mix, and then I do um, an egg or oh, yeah an egg wash. So I get the, the fillet through an egg wash. So just beat an egg. Um, so fill it through the egg wash into the breadcrumbs, and then straight into rice bran oil. Wow. And um, yeah, and there. You just cook them until they're golden, and honestly, you you, you won't taste a better fillet. It's they they are so good. And like yeah, right at the start, I said they're underrated. Like everybody, give them a go. They're they're unreal. Yeah,
0: and that's it, mate. Exactly. It's a it's a fish that you know all fish in the ocean or most fish in the ocean love to eat them. So you know, uh, you know, you told us about it. We we thought you got to be kidding me. We tried it, and uh, and made it. Um, you know, definitely gets a tick of approval. I urge people out there who are listening to this is. Yeah, go and uh, catch some pike and uh, and give it a crack. You know, don't knock it
1: until you try it, really. And, and now's the time to do it. They um they love these cooler months. They come right in close. And, yeah, if you, if you get down to your local pier or jump in the boat and go out to some of the sand flats or, you um, know, uh, Sand plates with weed beds on them. That's um, that's where you want to be, and now's the time to do it. And it's great fun for the kids as well. And you can use a uh, you can use a bait jig, and if
0: you bait your hooks up on the jig, you got six hooks, which is what you're allowed up here. Uh, you can put those straight down uh, like a Patanossa rig, and, um, and and hook up a few pike at the time. Although they will bite your wife as well, because they got some pretty uh, decent dentures on them. Yes,
1: yeah, they do. They do. They've um. They got those nasty little teeth in them, and yeah, they um, you, you all go through a few bait teeth. But that's the beauty about having six on there. Um, yeah. you know, if they bite one off, well, you just fish with five for a while. Gordy, thanks for your time today,
0: mate. Greatly appreciated, and uh, I, I really appreciate you filling in all the details about catching pike. And I know there's a lot of people out there who'll be listening with interest, uh, and and hopefully, you know, getting getting out there and giving it a crack as well. And as we do on step outside, you know, we really. Uh, you know, try to appeal to the ninety-eight percent of people out there who who want to learn. The other two percent probably sitting back, going, calling us a, a you know whatever names they want to be, and that's fine. <laughs> that's okay because you haven't tried Pike people. You got to try the Pike because it is going to make a if, massive difference, not only if to it's your two
1: percent, Paul. If yeah. It's only two percent. That's a lot less than what normally call me names, so that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And of course, uh, mate, Drew Argus. I got a big, a big thanks out to Drew. And of course, you know, even Dave. You know, Dave Allen. He's uh, he, he's uh, part of the Rat Pack, and he gets out there and he he does the best he can, and uh, and always, uh, you know, generally makes mince meat of it. And that's the fish we're talking about, mate. Thanks for your time there, Gordy.
1: No worries, Paul. Thanks, bud.
0: Good on you, mate. That's another podcast here from the Step Outside team. Really appreciate you listening, everyone. Of course, you can check out Step Outside. Seven days a week, every morning, Monday to Friday. A new web being dropped on the Sunday. And, of course, that's encore the following Saturday. Get your hit also on the 7 Plus app or website. Take it easy, everybody. And as Gordy likes to say... See you next time we step outside. What a legend. See you everyone.